Welcome to episode 14 of Honestly Unbalanced. This week we're chatting to Hendrik Famutimi. Hendrik is a two times British under 93 kilogram powerlifting champion and IPF world deadlift gold medalist, i.e. he's really bloody strong. Uh, Hendrik used to play American football and was a sprinter. He was actually born in Ireland but has been in London a fair while and now he's a group fitness instructor uh, and a PT working in places like Equinox, which is one of the best gyms in the world. And he's a head trainer at the new Robots, uh, which combines kind of bodyweight stuff mixed with the use of a water rower. And it sounds damn intense. And I would like to give it a go at some point. Anyway, our conversation covered all sorts from gambling to passions to weightlifting, of course, to race, many things. Enjoy the convo, guys. Whether you're practicing from home at the moment or finally getting back to yoga studios, you could probably do with your own yoga mat. And the best ones I've encountered are the Lifeform yoga mats. Uh, with code AHUSTLER19, you get a discount, we get commission, win-win. Have a peek, that's a Lifeform yoga mat. Honestly unbalanced. Right, morning Hendrik. It is middle of lockdown as we chat to you. So I guess a question for you now straight away, do you have weights? Like, have you actually got a home gym or are you now weak like me? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've actually got weights, luckily, because uh, my missus uh, does home training. So she does most of the training at home and at the same time with her clients online. So I was fortunate enough to have dumbbells. Um, also bought a pull-up bar and um, kettlebell. And then um, there's these cuff things as well. So you, you, tie, you use it to put around your, your, your arms and you do bicycles, trust me, five minutes of that and that's all you need. That sounds like Ooh. that 1980s wrestler kind of thing, like Macho Man Randy Savage. Like, yeah, yeah it's, get... it's, 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 oh yeah, it's like, it's like that, but are, trust me. It's, are they neon? Oh. Are they neon and flared as well? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, maybe, maybe I'll be the next purchase. So, and what, what about deadlift? Because deadlift is your thing, isn't it? Or one of your mm. things. So I guess you haven't been able to train that at all. No, not really. Um, do you know what? Just similar, a similar movement to it that I do have, and it's a bit of cardio as well, is a row machine. Mm. So I've got a row machine because um, another place I work called Robots. So they said, hey, you know, you could take one of the robots and it's a row machine. Oh, perfect. Right. Oh, God, yeah, don't, don't talk enough. to us about rowing machines. Adam was trying to convince me to get one in our teeny tiny flat. Yeah. No oh space. Do you know, but no, but they're, they're really good. Like, in terms of an all body workout, they're incredible, yeah. aren't they? And like low, low, oh. good for joints as well, or not bad for yeah, joints. Yeah. Like low impact. Mm. Low impact. So good on the knees, like no issue with the knees. You know, it's not like running and you get knee, none of that. Um, full body workout as well. Have you found it difficult to change up your, your routine from training in the gym to coming to, uh, to doing it at home, or has it been quite an easy transition for you? No, it's been difficult. There's some, you know, there's some machines. I'm like, oh, you know, for example, the yeah. lap pull down. I wish mm -hmm. I had well, I had that, but it, it, it's hard to kind of uh, keep it consistent in mm -hmm. terms of the exercises I do in the gym to what I do now at home. So you know, I just kind of break it down into it, it's changed my training. So now I'm putting a bit more cardio into it, which is a blessing in disguise because I've always been wishing about doing cardio. And now I've got the opportunity to do so. And this is something I'm hoping to keep a momentum going once I get back into the gym because I just don't want to be known as, oh, he's a guy who does all the weights. Because yeah. my, most people don't know that my background actually started off being a sprinter. So I was all about the cardio. Mm. And then when I got into weights, you know, I was one of them guys like, oh my God, I've got a chest, oh, I've got biceps, oh, and then <laughs> kind of, you know, backwards. So um, now that the cardio back in, I want to. I want to make sure I get the best of both worlds. It's interesting, like the cycles people go through, isn't it, in fitness? Like, what, what, why did you shift to weights from the running? Did the running stop, then weights begin, or was there like an overlap? It was an injury that I had from sprinting, and it was my hamstring, and it was it was bad. It was. It took about six months for it to properly heal because there was all these Ooh. scar tissues, and so as soon as I went back into running, it teared again um so i just said you know i need to call it a day yeah um and i just started lifting weights and i remember when 
before I started lifting weights, I was a size M, so I was a medium. And um, no, I was an S, sorry, I was an S, I was small. So I was about 77 kilo. And um, I, was, I was in the gym just lifting weights and I went back home, um, put on a t-shirt and I thought, why is this t-shirt getting smaller? Mm-hmm. It's in the washing machine. <laughs> I bought an M t-shirt and then all of a sudden I bought an L t-shirt and it clicked. I said, oh my God, I'm getting bigger. Then I thought, wow, I like this. Sometimes it's a way around though. Like as guys get bigger, the t-shirts get smaller. I think when I was a teenager yeah. and I started to put on muscle, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear a small just to just to make it more defined. Did you do that, Hendrik? Be honest. Or is that just <laughs> no, Adam? No, do, you know, do you know what? I, I kind of almost did it until sometimes when I lift my arms up, it looks like a... Cropped up. Cropped up. Yeah. And I thought, no, no. No, it's just not the one, is it? <laughs> now, this, nah. this rowing club, so you do robots now, it's called, isn't it? Robots. Yes. Like, was was that a new thing for you? Like, had you done rowing before? Uh, I'd done rowing more, so years ago, but not not a lot professionally. I used to do it just for like training purposes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would I would row just to get the mind ready. So, because I'll do a 2,000 meter row. And the thing about 2,000 meter row, you always hit that barrier, but you feel like you can't do no more. And then once you go past that barrier and you're getting close to that finish line, you pick up this, this, um, new energy that just makes you want to finish it and finish it strong. So I've not been passionate about rowing. And again, it's just that because I have X amount of time in the gym, I kind of neglect the uh, cardio and I just go into the weights. And um, long story short, Robert's reproached me saying, hey, you know, we've got this opportunity going on. Do you want to get involved? And I was like, hell yeah. And what, what is the concept? Because I can't even, I can't imagine like a group fitness rowing class. I've never done it. Nah. I can't. So it's, uh, so you've got two, you got, you got two stations. You have people on the row machine, then you have people on the floor. So the people on the floor will be doing exercise with the weights, or it could be exercise without the weights. It could be body weight related. Um, but you have people on the row machine, and I'll give you an example of what I'll do. I'll tell people, right, you have something basic like a one minute on, one minute off. So you're going to blitz it as hard as you can for one minute, then you have a minute to recover. And you've got to do this over the period of eight minutes, and you have targets to reach. So you're not just rowing for the sake of rowing. Mm-hmm. As, long as, you, as long as you know you have a target to reach, you would push as hard as you can because everyone is target driven. Most yeah. people are target driven. Um, and then people on the floor will be doing eight exercises, let's say a minute each one, uh, full body. So it could be a chest press and, and then from there you go into squats and then you could do an ab exercise or cardio exercise. We then flip around and we flip around until, um, of course, 45 minutes is over. Sounds horrific. It's hardcore. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. And I like, it's, it's not, I like the fact it's not like rowing to music. You're not like rowing to the beat of the music. No. Oh, that's, that's my no, jam. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the 80s. <laughs> With the flares. Let, let's rewind a bit. Like, I mean, like, so how did that conversion happen? So you were, were you planning to be like a professional runner? Were like making, I guess a lot of the runners actually probably couldn't make money out of it. I don't know, unless you're like no. super high level. What was the career plan at that point? Do you know what? I wasn't career driven back then. I was just going, going life day by day. What age are we talking? So we're talking twenty between twenty to twenty four. Okay. Yeah, twenty to twenty four. I wasn't even career driven. I was just like, oh, hey, you know, go with the flow, just right. blah blah blah. Mm. Um, so it was not because during then I had a gambling addiction, and it was mm. not until I overcame the gambling addiction that my life didn't change, and then I became very career driven and and just very focused on because i was i was still a person i was person trained then as well i believe some point around then yeah i think like and um still with the person training i wasn't really serious i was just taking things like oh blah whatever oh yeah whatever uh wasn't really chasing clients you were kind of relying um, on you, you you look fit people will probably come to you like you know people it wasn't like you were you weren't actively pushing it you know what i'm gonna say a bit of that but Back then, if you had a person training qualification, people come to you. Okay. Back mm. then. Yeah. So it's not how it is now. Now, people are relying more on how they look in order for them to get clients. Whereas back then, if you had a qualification, uh, for example, I remember, I still remember the story up to today. I was in Nando's sitting with my friends, mm. and three people within the space of an hour came to me and they were like, oh, hey, you like a personal trainer? I was like, yeah. yeah. And I sat down again in five minutes of time. Like, oh, you know, how do you build it up the chairs? Next person came yeah. to me and said, how do you build legs? And this is this was the summer and I was wearing shorts and I was in the vest. <laughs> so people would approach you. Whereas now, 
everyone thinks that person's training. Because... I, I guess it was well. Were you in Ireland at this point? No, no, no. I was. No, I left. This is a long time. But All I right. did go back and forth to Ireland. But when I was in Ireland, uh, I left Ireland when I was eight. But, oh, okay. Um, oh, long time. Yeah, but when I was doing athletics, I was going back and forth to Ireland because I was mostly competing. I've got you. Okay. And then, so, at what point did you think, okay, this is going to be full time career? Uh, with the person training? Yeah. Uh, because I said, do you know what? This this is my passion. I love fitness, and I have to treat it like there's no other option of doing anything else. Mm. And when I give myself that option to say, hey, you know, is either this or is nothing, I then decided to put my whole heart into it. And was that something that helped you overcome your gambling addiction or are we jumping time here? Uh, so the fitness did play a part into overcoming it because mm. most of my energy was being put into gambling. Yeah. So I thought, oh, you know, I've got all this time, I'm just going to go gamble. And then I had little time for gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I just started to, and it, it all came with seeing results. And I started to see results in the training. My energy started to go towards the training. And then unconsciously, I just started to leave the gambling. But it was a plan that I needed to do from time. I mean, you know, I, was, I had a gambling addiction for 10 years. Wow. Now, eight years, eight years clear. So uh, it's long, long gone. Mm. Um, so yeah, the fitness played a massive role because my mind was all focused on, on that mm. and not about, you know, yeah, Something. it's like a healthier addiction in a way to jump to health and wellness and fitness. Mm. 100%. I think it is. I think, well, I, I don't know the hormones, but certain things are released. Where it, it's, it is addictive, isn't it? When you get that pump. Endorphins. Yeah, endorphins yes, are released, etc. You want, yeah. yeah, you want that. And then, of course, when you're getting like objective success, like you're seeing, okay, but the, I'm getting bigger, I'm lifting more weights, my PB is going yeah. better. That's and, a, and also yeah. getting to share that with other people, feeling like you're not only bettering yourself, but you get to share your skills and helping other people to see results as well. And that must be, well, we all know actually that that's mm. a really rewarding feeling in itself. So uh, at what point did it turn into competition? Like there was at some I, point uh, where you were like, I want to be the best in the world. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, like you were saying, PBs were improving. And as the PBs were improving, you know, <laughs> I'll get audience. So, you know, I load at the bar. It's, it's, you know, I'm going to try to paint the scene here. So, um, you know, first it starts off with one plate on each side. Each plate is about 20 kilo. Then it goes to two, then three, then four, then five. I turn around, there's about four or five people watching me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, okay, this is interesting. And then more plates going, and literally I'll have 10 to 12 people watching. Wow. Um, at this time, I was deadlifting 280, and I was just, just doing it for the, the fun mm-hmm. yeah and this is for fun i wasn't nowhere near a competition i didn't, didn't even think about doing a competition <laughs> and people were coming to me and they were like hey are you are you a professional athlete and i'm like no like have you ever thought about powerlifting and when they said powerlifting the first thing i thought of was uh guys with a round belly out <laughs> shape just round i said nah don't want to do powerlifting that's not for me mm-hmm. um and I was like, oh, because my my uh, thought of a powerlifter is this. And they said, you don't need to look like that. And I thought, that's quite interesting. You don't need to look like that. So it took about four or five months for me to be convinced to do powerlifting. First competition I went to, um, you know, I gave them my openness. So when you get into a competition, you have to give them the weight that you're going to start off with. And then your weight increases. So when I gave them my openness, they said, no, no, no. We want your openness, uh-huh. not your last lift. And I was like, no, that is my openness. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, and um, flew through that competition, and everyone was just saying, where the hell have you been? Like, have you been underneath <laughs> the rock? And uh, from there, I said, right, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this properly. Got myself a coach just to help with the smallest of techniques and um, progressed world champion world, world uh, medalist in, in the deadlift um, and then got bronze the year after the competition was immense it was just hard but either way getting the bronze in that competition was was the best thing ever better mm. than the gold actually yeah why so yeah because um, they lifted a lot more heavier right okay so um, they lifted a lot heavier so it was the person who got gold so I won gold in 2018 with a 325 kilo deadlift. The person who got gold in 2019 got 352. So Whoa. that's a 25 kilo increase. Um, 
person got bronze got 337.5 and uh silver straight when they got silver got 337.5 so i got bronze with 335 mm. and that was that was a pb so i got a 10 kilo pb uh within that within the space of a year wow you're not, you're not gonna get a pb yeah. this year are you <laughs> oh <laughs> No, I was, and I was like, oh, the plans is out the window now because yeah, I was, I was hoping for a, a British record. So when was your other gold? You got 2018 and then 2017 was the So 18, 18. Uh, so basically I was in another competition as well and another federation, sorry, another federation. Uh, okay. but this federation is not as, so I've, I've won gold in that federation, but that federation is not as elite as this one I'm in now. So this one is like the best of the best you can find mm. in the whole world in the whole world whereas the other one was just more of a amateur one and what what do you put your success down to is it like hard work do you think a lot of it for that kind of lifting is genetic like what do you what do you put it down to like obviously it's a combination of two things i'll say uh consistency because uh, these things I've, I've, been, I've been doing over the period of time it's not just oh yeah you've been competing for two years so therefore you now it's i've been in the gym since uh, well, training properly since I was 20. I'm now 36 or so 16 years of training. And it, it's all that I'm planning is starting to manifest. Mm. And, um, you know, so some people like to see, well, we'll get into that later, later in terms of people like to see things happen fast. Yeah, yeah. But, so um, true. Cons- consistency and just having a plan. Those are the two things. Well, I'm going to add another one as well. Uh, failure. I'll say failure. The reason why I say failure because you have two choices. As soon as you experience failure, you've got two choices. You have to quit or you just learn from it. Mm. And we live in a generation where people just find it so easy to quit. Yeah. Um, whereas with failure, I, I learn what have I gone wrong here? What am I going to change on the next step? And then we go from there. You know, because that's how life is. Life knocks you off, but you still got to take a new route. Life knocks you off, you take another route. Mm. And that's how I just see it with training. Have you always seen failure in that way? Only after gambling. Oh, so so in a way that that helped you in a way then to see it in a different light. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Amazing. Because when I told the story to my friends, well, to my friends who didn't know I had a gambling issue um, or friends who I meet now, the the way I hit them with, I I, I say to them, oh, you know, years ago, I used to be like a a waste man. A waste man is a term saying uh, a bump. Yeah. Someone who just couldn't really be bothered with life and just kind of go, oh, yeah, today's what day? Tuesday. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to relax and just mm. do nothing. Mm. And that was just happened of me. So literally what I am now is n- not even a fraction of what I was before. Like two is two different sides of a coin. Wow. This, yeah. this idea you just said, so two of the points you said were consistency and... Having a plan. No, no, and the other, no, the other yeah. one was willingness, well, yeah, but willingness to fail. Mm. Like, how does that translate yeah. to, like, working as a PT in the fitness industry? Because I see a lot, I believe, of yeah. PTs that just want to succeed straight away. They do, like, a two-week qualification, come, same yeah. for yoga, yeah, everyone, and then really, it's come out and just expect success immediately. Or people that haven't had consistent training over many years or consistent like for me yoga practice over many years but just jumping into it and then quitting actually like the turnover you mm. see on some on some gym mm. floors it's like there's half mm. the same people but every month it's like who the hell are you where have you come from mm. and they're gone again yeah yeah do, do you know what <laughs> sorry so basically you have people sold dreams people are sold dreams from before they get into that um before they sign up into our course. So they're told, oh, you know, you can get 50 pounds. This is an example. They say, oh, you can get 50 pounds an hour and you get 10 clients in a day. Everyone wants a personal trainer. Yeah. On now, in terms of, to so the thing is, most people don't know where their passion lies. And that's that's not been a, that's not been the issue anyway. But they don't know where their issue lies, but all they see is money. Mm-hmm. So they go, 50 times 10, 500 pounds, I can make 500 pounds a day. And they do a whole match and they're like, wow, this is what I'm going to make as long as I just sign up and pay that 2,000 pounds or whatever it costs now to be a PT. Mm. As soon as they sign it, they get into the gym floor, expecting people to rush to them to get personal training sessions. And it unfortunately don't work like that. You've got to have at least, you've got to be prepared for at least, I'm not going to say six months, I'm going to say nine months. You've got to be prepared to to 
not be busy as you expect for at least nine months. And that way you're one, building your brand, two, letting people know what you're about because you can't just come into the gym floor and say, I'm a, I'm a specialist in everything. You gotta have one area that people know you for. Uh, for example, people know me for strength training. So they'll come to me for strength training. I'm not gonna advertise myself as someone who does CrossFit. Even though I do free stretches in the morning, I'm not gonna say, hey, you know, I do yoga. Yeah. So mm. this is where uh, people kind of kick themselves in the foot because they're not really letting people know what they mm. are about. Um, you know, there's different style of yogas as well. There's different style of weight training, different style of, uh, of cardio training. You just got to know what you're specialized with on and don't just go with the trend and flow what's going around in Twitter. So, or it's social media, sorry. So for example, I remember when CrossFit was, was the bomb and most PTs just went into this. Oh, I'm a CrossFit specialist. Mm. Oh, I know how to do CrossFit. Yeah. Oh, I did. And you know, you've gone from you've gone from being a marathon specialist or a runner specialist to then going to CrossFit. CrossFit's now dropped not dropped off. But everyone now is into Well it has been, did you hear the remarks recently by the CEO? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, definitely, yeah. it's definitely dropping yeah. off now. <laughs> it's dropped off now. Um but there was a period when CrossFit dropped over I mean, something else kind of came on, it's a new style of training. I don't know wait, what I think it's more like weight training specifically i mean more, a lot of people get into powerlifting now mm. yes a lot of people get power and weightlifting and weightlifting is a very very technical sport and you can't just say i'm a weightlifting specialist just because you know how to clean or you know how to clean jerk or wherever uh, exercise it is you just got to know what you are passionate what you're passionate about and at the same time um be patient but you're not going to get clients running through mm. your door in the first first two, three weeks. It sounds like you did it, well, I'm not sure, but did you lead with passion rather than the thought of the money that you were going to get? Because I think if you're leading with money, yeah. you're not going to get the results you want, right? Exactly that. It seems like you, you came into it, and you obviously many years ago, and it's a very different yeah. time. You said yourself, like in Nando's, people coming up to you <laughs> wanting PT yeah. sessions. Uh, yeah. So I guess for you, <laughs> Have you have you gone through any any periods where you like you've joined a new gym and you've struggled to get clients? Have you had, still had those oh, periods? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so when I first started, I mean, when I first, even the first, the first two years were were kind of rough. Um, I remember, and this, do you know what? Some there are some, there are a lot of good PTs out there that that don't. Um, excel as far as they, they wish because mm. um the gym they go to promised them something that is mm. is is a, basically a lie um and i've seen it so again for my first two years were hard because the first time i went to um they said to me oh you know we get so many members through the door everyone wants personal training i've went there and again this is a bit of my fault this is not even the gym so i went there mm. thinking oh yeah i don't need to approach anyone i don't need to speak to anyone I just need to chill. As soon as these members go through the door, I'll just get the leads, call each one, and X and Y. Unfortunately, it worked like that. And at the same time, I didn't even know what I was about as a personal trainer. But I just knew I love fitness. And I didn't give myself that time to ask myself that question. Like, what am I, why am I passionate about fitness? Mm -hmm. and, and what can I do for these clients? Because it's not just all about me. And... Um, Long as it's short, as soon as I answer them questions over the period of time, wow, you know, I went to another gym and I was busy. And I remember going to this gym, there was two PTs that were giving me that, no, no, you don't want to come here because <laughs> it's, it's not really that type of gym. But this is the period when I said to myself, I need to give myself no other option, like this is it or, or that's it. Mm. And um, so I went to this gym and... I believe in the first month, I was like, oh, hey, you know, this is going great. And as a PC, you got to understand there's high moments and there's really low moments. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a time where, there'll be times where your clients and it will hit you, it will hit you in freeze. <laughs> Literally hit you in freeze, right? Yeah. You lose one client, you go, oh, hey, yeah, it's fine, it's all right. Hit your second, third, and that's in within a week. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay, what do I need to do now? New strategy. All right, now I need to start speaking to people on the gym floor. Say hello to everyone. You only need to start a conversation with them. Just say hello, and that's it. So let let weeks go by, and you go, oh, hey, how's your date? Or how's your session? 
and it just goes from there. And that strategy helped me get new clients. Mm. And then as soon as I started losing clients, I thought, okay, right, new strategy I'm going to do now. Well, I'm going to start training with my top ones, so people, uh, PT top ones, even though I'm a trainer. So I did that for a bit. <laughs> Before you just then, show us. Just, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll put it on. <laughs> it didn't work. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, it, it's just like Twitter. So it's just this new strategy. So you're, so you're always going to have a plan, um, plan one, plan two, plan three, plan four, and just have many, many plans just in case uh, clients start dropping off. And... Um, yeah, it's just, it just started to work that way. I, I, that's a massive one, I think, in terms of like the behaviour of PT in their downtime. Yeah. Like I've been in gyms yeah. where like PTs have just been hanging around the entrance. Mm. Like it feels like I'm going yeah, yeah. into like high school. Like they're like hanging. Yeah. yeah, you have to walk past the PTs as you go into Not the gym. Not waiting to hook you in or yeah. something. Not waiting to hook. Just like watching you. Oh, and look at, like, at the time. Like yeah, I was like super yeah. fit. It's so, like about boxing days when I was like much bigger. And it felt like it just felt really weird. Mm. And but then that's yeah. why I picked a PT. I eventually did. Like, I didn't use a PT for years. But then when I wanted to get back into it, I did. But I picked him because, mm. having seen him years ago, he was always like so professional, so on yeah. it. Clearly, like mm-hmm. professional with clients. Like, and, and that's what. So that, that and always actually saying hello to me mm. in a nice way, yeah. even though I was not training with him. And that's what that's what kind of drew yeah, me in. Like you said, it's it's that consistency of keeping up the hellos and how you're doing and asking questions. And in the end, all those little things build up, as you say, and it manifests into yeah. well, now I get the clients, and while well, staying authentic, and yeah. And like I guess, although like it's terms of how people choose PTs, like although you've got like this, you know an amazing record and you can deadlift an obscene amount. They probably realise they're not going to get to that. Like if I, ch- <gasps> they I, might do. No, but as in they 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 don't want to necessarily emulate you, but they mm. they are investing in you for who you are, yeah, and how you yes. are, yeah. not just because yes. you can lift a certain weight totally. or because like for me, yes. as even for context of yoga teachers, I don't want to go to the yoga teachers that can do the most impressive poses. Mm. That's, that's yeah. for me. It's irrelevant to me. I want someone who can actually teach me in my body, in my unique body. And also you you said something lovely on, um, I was stalking your Instagram before this. Um, And you you said something about, um, oh my God, I've completely lost my train of thought. Gone. I'll come back it to that. It wasn't that lovely, clearly. <laughs> I can't believe that's just gone out of my head. Right, ask a question and come back to me. Yeah, we, we, can, we can cut Holly's incompetence out there. <laughs> oh, I need to have a coffee. One question I, I had with regards... Yeah. So you, you, you've got a combo of t- teaching group fitness classes oh, and teaching, yeah. obviously doing like PT clients. Do you think financially yeah. that makes sense? So you've always got some security in the group fitness like they're not going anywhere but you know they might but in theory you're teaching them each week that's a regular income yeah i mean it's what i like about classes i, I like i just like the energy in classes for first and then two uh doing group training uh or group group fitness is that there's always that secured income um pt and obviously there's a there's a chance of earning more um but unfortunate well unfortunate and fortunate I, I kind of travel from one location to another, so I can't have everything underneath one roof. Mm. Um, so I kind of like what I'm doing now with being flexible in terms of location um, and staying with group fitness. I'm doing more group fitness than I'm doing with PT, and, and that just gives me a, a, a good base for the month. Mm. And it seems like as well that also you're you're getting like a really good reputation now. You're like you know you're in magazines, you're appearing in lots of places, you're on social media a lot, and I guess group fitness stuff is a far better way to get your name out there. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Because, oh, is it you finished the question? Yeah yeah. Well, just, mm. it was, it was it a okay. question more like an observation. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say to that yes because. See, and, and, and the thing is, the more classes you teach, the more... So, for example, if you, if you teach a class and it's full of 30 people, you've got 30 people praising your name, mm. as long as you teach a good class. Yeah. And then, you know... Um, so, for example, I get people in Equinox coming to me and they just sign up. And the way they came, they come up to me is it's funny. They come with a point in finger. Oh, I heard you teach good classes. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, Are you Hendrick? I'm like, yeah. Oh, I two good classes. Oh. A friend told me about you. That's the reason why I signed up. Mm. And they sound so hyped oh. that now I'm hyped about teaching them as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the reason why I like teaching classes. Um, and at the same time, you just give you good praise because now everyone's singing your name. Um, so, for example, Wednesday is 9 a.m. when I teach Tabata. 
I get to the, I get through to the, I'll come from one location to another. So I come to Equinox for about quarter to nine and people are already inside their set up. And I'm thinking, how many people are going to have today? And there's not enough space for people. To, I mean, we come in at 9.01, you can't come in because it's, it's chocolate block. Yeah. Mm. That's it. So everyone's, everyone's there, 8.30, 8.40. 8.45, 8.50, everyone's pretty much inside it already, just wait for me, the music's inside it, just set in the groove. Uh, but, and then I have a count, I have a count timer, it's funny. Uh, and that's what I'm known for as well. So as soon as it's 8.59, uh, a couple of seconds until it's about nine o'clock, I have a 10 second timer on, and it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> so, and then everyone's all doing the talking, and the reason why I like this is because, you know, all the ladies come inside, they're all talking, oh, blah, 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 I've done this, I've done this, all my kids, blah, blah, blah. As soon as the timer comes on, the, the, the talking goes from up here and it goes slowly by the time it says one love that it's like, oh. <laughs> it really sounds like you come up with all these unique little ideas and plans to make things work it's, for you it's, it's the oh, little yeah, things isn't it that make such a big I difference I like that. That, that and that's far more that, polite than like my method of just shut up guys shut up yeah. shut up yeah. shut up exactly <laughs> and then by the time I hear that explosion everyone's quiet and I'm ready to talk so I need to be like Hey, ladies, sorry. Uh, ladies, sorry. Oh, yeah, ladies, sorry. Come here. Uh, yeah. It's like you're owning the room. I think that's really important when you yeah. teach any kind of class to own it from the first second, mm. whatever that looks like, whether it just Hell be yeah. like dominating in terms of like the time is done, we're starting. Mm. Or like yeah. one thing I teach, and I guess it's, it's relevant to yoga, it could be relevant to group fitness as well, is this idea mm-hmm. that explain what you're going to teach first. Because then straight mm. away, they're like, okay, he knows his stuff. I can kind of mm. trust him. I haven't just gone, oh, what's your fancy doing today, guys? Oh, no, it's no, like, no, this no. is what we're doing. Yeah. This is how we're doing it. This is why we're doing it. Let's go on with it. Yeah, people want to be told, yes. don't they? They want to be told what to do to a degree. Talking about your, like, your, like, little, the little things you have that are kind of quirky or unique. The Superman stuff. I was just about to like, ask that, yeah. That, that as, a, as a kind of, is, is it like, it's almost like a nickname slash branding. But like, I've heard people refer to you in Equinox. But like, oh, they're like, oh, I've got a class. Oh, I forget his name. The Superman guy. It's like, it's a oh, good... Yeah, where did that. this start? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, it started since secondary school. This is, a, this, and this is a very long time. We're talking 20 years I've had this name oh. for now. Yeah, yeah. And it was more Superman because, you know, I was strong. I was fast. Um, I was just very, like, humble. And then there's always this strong side of me. So I had that name Superman since I was 16. Then all of a sudden I thought, oh, hey, do you know what? Let me play into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I never knew it was going to blow up uh, the way it has now. And why I say that is because people, if you say, oh, Hendrick, they'll think, oh, Hendrick, Hendrick. So you used to say Superman. Oh, yeah, Superman. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. You see some classes, does that. And I thought, hey, okay, let me play around with this. And then I kind of do like, superhero things and kind of oh. play into yeah yeah it's it's, it's amazing your kids must love it yeah. as well. oh my god they love it so they got their favorite characters as well see when i was that age i knew nothing about superheroes until i was about probably seven eight nine but they knew about superheroes since the age of three so my oldest one six but he was into the flash yeah so he's still into the flash he loves the flash, the flash. Oh, the Flash, the fast guy. Oh, I was in too red. old. Holly won't watch him. I, 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 try, I try and watch like superhero movies with Holly, and it's a typical like ten yeah. minutes. She's asleep. No, I feel bad. <laughs> oh, well. but you, you must know who. You must know who the Hulk is. The Hulk. And oh Spider-Man. yes, know the Hulk. Okay. Yeah. So old school. Uh, my youngest one loves the Hulk. Right. And both of them love Spider Man. Oh. Right. They'll be jumping from sofa to sofa. Oh, psh, 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 have they got all the, the outfits as well? They got some of the outfits. Oh. Yes, they do. They do. Do you get involved? Oh, do you dress gosh. up as Superman with the old cape and boots and everything? And <laughs> for, the, for the birthday, I did. And that's not happening again. <laughs> but it's a good job you can back it up. Like when they go to that nursery and like, oh my, yeah, my dad's Superman. And like, oh yeah, whatever. Then you, then you turn up wearing Superman. Yeah, no, you went too much up, but yeah, at least you can back it up with with the muscles. It's like the kids. The kids that are called Hercules, and they're all like skinny and scrawny. Oh my god! Let's talk. Let's talk more about like the the fitness industry. Like you mentioned earlier, like mm. lots of people thinking if they look good, they'll get mm. clients. Yeah, Is yeah. That, do you know that's not a viable uh, strategy? So, oh man, it's just so. Uh, I feel that a lot of personal trainers don't have a plan apart from focusing on themselves. I mean, the best way to promote the business best business card you can have is the clients you have, mm. right? So if they look really well or they look in good shape or they had just 
good transformation or speak highly of you, you can get more clients. People don't really care too much about how you look like or clients that you're going to have for a long time don't care too much about how you look mm -hmm. like. It's more of a bonus. Um, and people are focusing too much on the bonus than the main part of what personal training is all about. Personal training is about training other people, not just about training mm. yourself and looking mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. So what I see happening is people fork out so much money on professional photo shoots uh, and trying to advertise themselves as a PUT in that way. Um, not saying it's wrong to get photos, but you all need to do consistent photos and trying to use that to try bring in mm. clients. You got to share knowledge. So whether it's through your social media, share knowledge on nutrition, share knowledge on uh, training or best way to improve your deadlift, best way to improve your, um, it could be wherever it is. Um, so people then buy into that. Like, oh, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. Mm. And then from there, if, they, if you can back it up with transformations here and there, there's no reason why you shouldn't be getting clients. Mm. But what's happening now is people are trying to outdo others that they don't know, uh, outdo others with how, how they look like. like. All right, that person got four pack. I'm going to try to get eight pack. Take my photo, edit it up whichever way, best lighting, uh, and then try to advertise less and training. Mm. And that doesn't always work. I guess you've got to think about the conversion as well. Like if if you mm -hmm. start to take photos of yourself in underwear, like yeah. weirdly lit, creepy photos of you in underwear, <laughs> like who's going yeah. to like that? It's probably not going to be yeah. people that then go, oh, I'm going to, I want, I want to train with you at Equinox. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly, not, it's exactly not going to be that. those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly that. You'll have, it'll be more, it'll be more of the people who want to be, all right, I'll be straightforward. So let's say if you're taking boxes, if you're taking pictures in your boxes, uh, and you and you and you're in great shape, all you're going to get is ladies who just want to sleep with you. Yeah, like and that's what it is. Vice versa, if you're a lady who's consistently taking photos, showing your ass, uh, and that's what you're showing your ass, then you're going to get guys saying, "Oh, hey, I want to be, I want, I want you to train me." Mm. Um, and dude can be as strong as hell. The lady might not know nothing about how to how to do a, a strength period uh, training session, but because a guy just seeing that ass and he's like, wow, I love that. I like that. I'll, you know, I want some of that. He was just messaging her saying, oh, you know, I want you to train me. And then just creepy. in a way to try to, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, that's how it's good. You know, I'm not saying this, you know, if you can flick in one, you could do one and then mix it in with, with, with other photos of transformations. You're probably your own transformation mm. and transformation of your own clients. And then share that with with nutrition, with whatever training it is that you that you you're mm. passionate about. Then it's fine. But when you go to someone's social media page and all you see is asshole or asshole, oh, different bikinis, asshole. Basically, soft porn. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's and you're thinking, well, are you a personal trainer or are you are you promoting something else to me that that you don't want to, you mm. know? And there's some. Uh, if I'm going to be real, I'm assuming you guys want me to be as real as real. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot there were a lot of uh, PTs male and females that were escorts and they were using this as a way to try and oh, really? <gasps> inside information oh yeah 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 wow uh, this is new news yeah yeah mm. oh yeah oh yeah 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 wow and they just used this as a way to kind of build up their, their clientele give us some names I know all but I say just <laughs> So beyond the physical, you said something um, about how uh, exercise is about recovery and healing and um, uh -huh. self-worth as well. I think I read uh, somewhere on your Instagram. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how that's how, how it's helped you in that sense? Oh, uh, so, oh sorry, say, say again. Sorry. So you said that fitness and training mm -hmm. is beyond the physical. It's also help, helps with your healing and with self-worth and confidence as well. Yes. So... For me, this so going back to the gambling, for me, it helped because, as I said before, the energy was just more focused on, hey, you know, I've got to, I've got to, um, so again, so it helped for me because I spent most of my time in the bookies. Mm. And when I was training, so for example, I was doing like a 2,000 meter row, it, it kind of channeled my vision to where I could potentially be. So I'll see myself getting bigger and I was like, wow, you know, I'm liking this, uh, spending less time in the bookies. I've been trying for 10 years, trying to stop this, this gambling. And 
what fitness done for me was experience failure, uh, success, adversity. So there'll be times where you feel like you can't do something and all of a sudden you've done it, you've proved yourself wrong. And that allowed you to think, wow, you know, my mind's actually stronger. And this allowed me to, to get so much of mind power, mind control. Mm. And when I started to tap into my mind power, all of a sudden, instead of thinking and thinking about being brute strength, I allowed my mind to take over certain things. So even when it comes to situations like what's going on now, so let's say this whole racism thing that's going mm. on right now, sometimes I feel like, oh, do you know, I feel like just punching someone if anyone ever tries to um, say anything racist to me, but then you, this is where you got the mind take over and you've got to preach knowledge and education to other people in order for them to wise up. Everything can't just be all about strength and, and brute, brute, um, yeah, brute strength. Yeah. Do you think it's kind, it's kind of like, a, like almost like a microcosm of life in a sense? Like when you're training, you're going through so much. You're, as you say, you're going through the ups and downs, even in one session. You're happy, then you're yeah. sad, then you're injured, then you're jealous yeah. in an hour yeah. in the gym. Mm. And then it's, it's if you can get through that, you can then apply all that yeah. to life. Yeah. But coming, to, yeah. coming back to obviously the it's current issue at the moment, or this, the, the race stuff, has that affected you or have you noticed it affect the industry that you're in? It has affected me. Well, I'll tell you a story that's happened. So there's a gym... This was in, there was a gym in Dubai. So there's a stage where I was going to go to Dubai. And um, I sent I sent my CV off to, to the gym because I had a client and the client was like, wow, do you know what? You should go to Dubai. You're cleaning up in Dubai. I have many, many friends there in Dubai. And, and I was like, okay, Dubai, Dubai, Dubai. And at this stage, I wasn't really, just during the gambling thing, and I thought, you know what? If I go to Dubai, this could help in order for me to overcome this gambling thing new career new new set i had no i had no responsibility so obviously i didn't meet my wife at this time no kids that's the fine he said right I've got, I've got this gym you can work in and since you're you know well quote quote british um they will love you even more so i was like okay cool let's take this take this chance give me the email uh he cc'd us into this email with, with the gym emailed them my cv within kid you not know, things like five minutes after they saw the, the cv they're like wow okay yeah we're gonna have you in because i was doing the sprints at this time and and because like, yeah yeah we're gonna have you in we're gonna do this um qualifications yep yep cool there you go and it's all said now they said right can you send us a photo and i was like yeah i'll send you a photo send a photo and till this day i've not heard anything back no from oh my god no nah. so uh this was back in i need to get the year right uh 2000 was 2010 or lower 2010 maybe maybe about too bad about 2010 about 2010 so mm. 10 years i heard but before that i sent an email about anything or asking questions and uh, anything else it was all fine email back email back so yeah. i sent the photo oh. And like, did, did your client that did an intro for you, did they say anything? Cause that- no, I didn't, because at that time, he was not he was not even involved in it. Oh, so you he just handed intro. over, yeah. Mm, I can't yeah, even exactly, imagine. Yeah. So me, me and the gyms were going back and forth, back and forth, and then uh, sent a photo, and after that, it's like nothing. And I remember emailing uh, the week after, and then the week after that, and then I was like, well, at this time, I was thinking, no, I don't want to say, oh, because... I'm black. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. And I thought this is weird. It just it just felt so yeah. weird. Mm. But after sending the photo, you just didn't reply back. I can't even imagine how that must feel. And the stuff like that sticks with you, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it does. Man. And and have you experienced anything like that in like in the UK industry? Well, uh, was in the fit- fitness wise, have I? No, no, I haven't. I mean, I've experienced it in other ways, but not fitness related. What what kind of what kind of otherwise? So, <coughs> sorry. So uh, I remember I was in my friend in my car. I was in my friend in a car. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> so I was in my friend in the car, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we were just driving, and we noticed we noticed this car. It was undercover um, cops, and they done a U-turn. And the way they done it was just so random on the road. It's a busy road, and they just stopped. So my friend saw it on, the, on his uh, windscreen mirror. He said, I can't just done a U-turn in the busy road. Literally made other cars break hard. Mm. 
we wasn't even the fancy cars. It wasn't like, oh, you're in the fancy cars, but you get the money from whatever. It was not in the fancy car. To be specific, it was a, it was a full focus. Wasn't anything great. Um, put up in the petrol station. I went inside uh, the shop in the petrol station. And as I turned to my left, I saw, and I knew they were undercovers because they had the radio on the, yeah. on the shoulder. And uh, four of them came out. One of them came towards me and he was pointing at me and then he went like that. So he went, you come here. And I came out and he said, um, what's your name? Like, uh, it's just my name. I said, like, Timmy, address, so-and-so. Because have you got anything on you that you shouldn't have? If you find anything on you, you're going to be in big trouble. And I was like, and I was I was 20 at this time as well. And I was like, uh, no, I don't have anything. All right. Hands out. Got tapped. Uh, take out your wallet. Took out my wallet, looked inside. Put my hands back in my pocket. And he said, take your hands out. Okay. Took my hands back out. Unconsciously, I put my hand back in my pocket. He's like, take your hands out. I'm about to tell you again. And I was like, holy shit. Like, First of all, what have I done wrong? Mm. So I was like, can I just ask what, what's happened? He goes, oh, um, we're just checking to see if we got anything, any any drugs on you. Mm. <laughs> so I laugh because drugs and me are like two opposites. Mm. It's like having jam on spaghetti or something. It's like they just don't go together. <laughs> right? So I, I just laughed. And he had this stone cold face like 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 he was ready to to do something mm. and i remember my laugh just kind of like just went down Hell. so i could laugh about it now but back then i was like hold on what just happened anyway um so i just laughed about it my laugh then came down uh it came back negative so negative means that there's no there's no record on mm. you, right so you done a search uh as in called up to see if there's anything on me it's like yeah negative so okay nothing on me search in the car at this time <laughs> five big police vans has come to the scene. What? Right? Five big police vans come to the scene. Two sniffer dogs. Oh my and they said, right, they're going to search the car just to make sure that there's nothing inside there. <laughs> it was like, well, you know, there's nothing inside there for what I know anyway. And, you know, but I didn't say this. I'll say it in my head. Um, so my friend, he had a criminal, he had a criminal record um, for something naughty he's done before. Mm. So they were giving him more help. So they searched the car, sniffed the dogs up and down, inside the booth, wherever, nothing came through. Mm. Um, then all the five cars, all the big five police cars all went away. So they were the last one to go. And I remember this till this day. I said to the guy, as he was going back into the car, we went into the car and I came out and I went to him. I said, um, can I just ask why we actually got stopped? He said, oh, and this is a story change. Mm. He said, um, your plea, your your um, registration came up as a vehicle used in a firearm that had is is related to firearms. So it was, you know, your registration was related to firearms, right? And I was like, okay. So is there a way that you could remove it now, knowing that this vehicle that's been purchased wherever long ago is not related to firearms? It's a nah, sorry, we can't do that. That's just you just got to sell the car. I'm like, okay. So I'm about to go. I've taken two steps. He then called me and said, sorry, one question. And this is a question that will stay from forever. He said, why haven't you got a criminal record? What? what? Yeah. What, what? And then, he, Actually yeah. Speechless. Like, how, then, how did he, like, did he, what, what kind of way did he ask that? Like in like a, yeah. really obviously a nasty way? Like what? Obviously it in was context like, of... Like he was clueless. Like. Oh, just, oh, like ignorant. He, couldn't understand like he couldn't understand like why haven't you got a criminal record like why like you're, it's almost like you're supposed to have a criminal record that's almost even scarier like if like where someone asking it in a way that's meant to be like nasty and then someone asking it yeah. in a way that is just ignorant How and did stupid you that, that's almost scarier isn't it i see at the time i was very i was very naive so i kind of just laughed off and i was like oh no but if i came across it see things happen for a reason and if it happened now, I think I'll be more like, yeah, yeah. Reactive. But now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, I was like, I just kind of like laughed off that to be like, yeah. ha ha, I haven't got one. But not knowing, but actually, that was that was 
quite racist the way you just said that massively i guess everything yeah. that's happened at the moment obviously it's awful but it's it's good yeah. that it's it's raising so much awareness and there's so many voices that are being heard now that haven't been heard before and we've got to open our ears and educate ourselves and the world's finally waking up i hope and i guess yeah. you, and you've got kids now as well haven't you so i guess you're just thinking so much about your kids there, there was a, there's a ufc fighter is a the champion uh heavyweight what's his name stipe the white guy and uh, okay. he wrote something about this, uh, like a relatively short. I think he'd posted like Black Square or something. And someone wrote, mm -hmm. you are aware that most of your fans are white. Cause he, he's like, uh, he's from Eastern Europe. His heritage moved to middle America, like speaks in yeah. a way that you just can't understand, like proper middle America. And he wrote in response, I don't care about my fans. I care about the, like, the world my kids are growing up in. Mm -hmm. Uh, which yeah. I, I loved but, but I guess out of the father that's what you're concerned about and you, you, you told this story I don't know where I read read it it's ages ago mm -hmm. about some weird on a beach taking photos of your kids hair oh man yeah 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 so this is in Australia um, so I was in Australia and this guy came up to me and he said listen um, I have to tell you this he was like listen I've got to tell you this but there's this guy with a, with a professional camera taking photo of your kids now <laughs> When I heard that, <laughs> I think mean, when I heard that, anything that was kind of like um, sensible thinking went out the window, mm. right? So my missus jumped up first and said, like, where is he? And at that time, they gave me time to kind of chill down mm. and walk towards him in a, in, a, in, a, in a gentleman way, should I say. And um, she was like, no, 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 you can go do with this now that you've calmed down. So I went to him, I said, uh, so I heard you're taking photos of my kids. He said, oh yeah, you know, their hair. And he went on to speak about how uh, exotic they look. And I was like, okay, mm. <laughs> let me see the photos, delete them now, all right? Um, so right in front of me, he started deleting them. And um, I was like, this is so weird. You're taking photos of them. It's like, he's trying to speak to me about how, how it was just borderline mm. weird. Um, but it's almost like he, he was amazed on seeing kids that were global because they're mixed they're polish austrian nigerian irish irish and wow. bangladesh mm. so oh, they're, wow. okay. they're yeah so he, he was speaking to me about the skin tone and i was like i don't, don't want to hear it mm. you, you gotta delete you can't take no. pictures of kids uh, it's just wrong but at the same time we found out that there's no actual law to say you it's it's forbidden yeah in, so, a, in a public space you can in theory take photos of anything yeah yeah but that is but creepy, isn't it? We just saw it. That is creepy. So we thought, no, 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 you've got to do it. We don't care what you're using it for or where. Anyway, and there's an there's extra, there's a next bit to the story as well. So anyway, he's deleted the photos. Happy days. Went to the guy who told us. And, you know, he's like, look, yeah, I understand they're stunning kids, but you just don't no. take photos of other people's kids, especially if you don't know him. Because that's, that's nothing. So it's like, do you know that guy? Because he's taking photo of your kids, I need to tell you guys. And we're like, oh my God. Anyway, so we was in Australia because my godmother lives there. Um, so, you know, it was a great holiday. If you ain't been Perth, go to Perth. And um, <laughs> on the list. A month, <laughs> a month later, my uh, godmother sent me a photo of a guy saying, is this the guy that was taking photo of um, Jackson Carter? Because there's a photo that's going around on Facebook saying, be careful of this guy. He's known for taking photos of kids. Oh. I looked at the photo and I was like, oh my God, that is him. Oh. Yeah. Creep. It, it, when I heard that, I was, heard that story, I was listening to a podcast yeah. by my one of my friends uh, called Mina. Mm. She, she did a TED Talk uh, at Mina Fombia. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it's, the TED Talk is called Do Not Touch My Hair. It's brilliant. Like She's got big oh, hair. Man. Yeah, it's a campaign, she, she, isn't yeah, it? And she's turned it into a campaign. Mm. And you might have seen on the news that they're trying to launch yeah. uh, the first uh, like African boat cultural arts centre in uh, Bristol. Yeah. And that's her. That's her thing. Mm. She's oh. doing that. Uh, she's oh. awesome. But this talk is all about that. And it's this idea that when you touch my hair, no matter who you are, no matter if it's interesting to you, it's exotic to you, as you said, that word exotic. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. is that different to like 100 years ago or 200 years ago, I, I'm not getting the dates right, them having someone yeah. in Leicester Square, like almost in a cage so, because mm. they're, they're all to different, different colour skin. Mm. Like how is, how is that a step different? Mm. Of, 
it's never yeah, okay really yeah. is it, to come into someone's personal space and just stroke their See, face or it's their really, hair. It's, it's really interesting talk i'll tell you this so um so my godmother i call her i call her my mum, but m-o-m so i've got obviously mm. my mum, m-u-m but i call her my mum. that's a birmingham so, thing my, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, but I said I've got I've got to call her I've got to call her that because she took on a lot. So you got to so paint the scene. We're in Island Cork, so I was born in Cork, correct? And this is in the eighties, so there was no black people around, no black people around. And um, at this time, mum and dad, no one's ever invited them round to the house, but my godmother. Um, her family were like, oh, hey, you know, you guys want to come around for supper or to dinner? And my dad was just so grateful about it that he said, you know, we're having a, a son and we would love for you to be the godmother. And she was like, yeah, I'll be mm-hmm. the godmother for that. No problem whatsoever. See, my godmother used to take me to take me around town everywhere and she would get weird looks because, you know, she, she, she's she's white as white can be mm-hmm. and she's push, pushing the dark a black baby right mm. and everyone's thinking oh my god have you heard francis has a black baby who's the who's the who's the dad and um is it hers and she used to play with it she's like yeah at the time she was 17 18 as a godmother and she said yeah it's my baby mm-hmm. oh uh and, and and they'll be they'll be like oh is it true it has a t- it has a tail what? <laughs> yeah oh my because god she because she explained to me she said the only time that most people see black people uh, is on TV, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's all it, on pictures saying, uh, send money to Africa to help this child. Yeah. All right? So that's the only time when they see black people. So never seen black people in, 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 in true color. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, whoa, oh my God, that's a black baby. So again, my mum would play with it. She would say, oh, you know, um, if, 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 you, if you touch him, you might fall down dead. Like, oh, she oh said that. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like little, little things just to instigate things. Yeah. You say things just to instigate it. And um, yeah, man, you know, she, she allowed me to stay, like, stay around her house. She looked after me like I was her own. Like mm-hmm. I've got photos up to today. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Mem- memories, 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 memories. Um, so no, I've got love. For, I've got love for my mum. Mm-hmm. Oh, she sounds, then, you know, sounds awesome. Oh, she's a lovely, lovely, lovely. It's, it's interesting man. how certain like remote towns or like, parts of Ireland or like I used to study in Durham, like you know pit towns yeah. around Durham. How it's yeah. they some people just haven't yeah haven't seen people from different mm. cultures at all or different races in their whole life, and they're like seventy. Yeah, yeah. They've only ever stayed in their pit town. We we are going to have to wind things up slightly now. We get another fifty six okay. minutes. Time <laughs> time flies, doesn't it? Uh, we're going to do a few quick fire questions. If that's all right. Let's go. Let's so go. I'll, I'll lead. I'll lead. Uh, what's wealth for you? Like, what do you want more in your life, or like, where do you want to go? Exotic holidays. <laughs> and then next question, I guess, leading to that, like. What are you, in terms of your career or what you achieve, is there something beyond money that you want? Like, what is being wealthy for you? Being more of a pioneer in the fitness industry. Mm. Oh, nice. Do you have a mantra or a philosophy that you you live by, you can come back to when you feel a little bit off balance? Uh, This is something I teach my kids and I say, never give up, never give up. Perfect. Easy. If there's a, a bit of equipment that someone could buy now, right now, to work out at home, what, mm. like, gyms as it stands, what, August maybe? We don't really know yet, do we? Mm. But God knows. Yeah, what would you say people should buy? It has to be, to be, to, for it to be more practical, it has just to be dumbbells. Basic dumbbells, you can flow with it. So mixed up, and then I guess you'd probably say a rower if people had money and space. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. The space. We'll just hire one. You can even hire a borrower. You can't. You can't. I looked into it. No. it that demand is so oh, high. Like dear. water rowers, I think they had like a five-week waiting list. Except they're like high-end metal one. All no. the hiring is all sold out now. Concept two is like massive waiting list. I tried. Oh. I tried. We're not getting one, Adam. Okay, <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Let's stop it there. And you know, any, okay. A, a nice end than that. Any final question for you? Um, any book that you've read recently that's inspired you or maybe a TED talk oh, I don't know if you can see it Never, never Split the Difference Never Split the Difference who's Negoti- that by yes. 
negotiating as if your life depended on it. Lift up a little bit. Who's Let's the see author? the author. Chris. Chris Voss, Voss with Tal Raz. What's it? Thank so you. what's it about? Just negotiating. So this now, in terms of just like winning arguments, and that's what it's basically about. See, I'm I'm only 15 pages into it. So if we're going to speak about a book that I read before that one, because I wasn't really, I'm not going to promote it because I didn't really fancy it. So a mm. good book I am going to say is uh, Maximum Achievement by Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy. Uh, okay, yeah. Amazing. Great. Amazing. Thank amazing. you. Amazing. Maximum Achievement. We'll put that in the notes. And finally, not a question, but what do you want, where do you want us to send people? So of course you teach, well, where do you teach? What's your Instagram, etc. website? Um, so my Instagram is Superman, H-F-H for Hotel, F for Foxtrot. Uh, teach at Equinox, teach at Robots, and um, just do freelance personal training as well. And your website? Is super, uh, not Superman, it's H-F. <laughs> personaltrainer.com hf personaltrainer.com thank awesome. you so Thanks much so much Ron. very welcome thank you for having me honestly unbalanced